Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. This is John Massengale sitting in studio with Mr. Les Kaiser. How are you, Mr. Kaiser? Doing all right, doing all right. And we got Mr. Jonathan Green calling in from New Zealand for the Toyota Racing Series here in just a moment. But yeah, let me run down what we got on the show tonight. Uh, we've got, obviously, Jonathan's going to get us up to speed on the Toyota Racing Series from New Zealand. But we also are very excited. To have, we have a great guest tonight. We have Christian Fittipaldi, uh, a, a racing royalty name coming on because he's going to be racing in the, uh, the the Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona. And he's got a little different role there now at the uh, Mustang Sampling Action Express Racing Team because... He's spending a little less time in the car and a little more time helping out at, an, at a more administrative executive type level. So we were really excited to have Christian Fittipaldi on. And uh, John, Jonathan also has a bunch of driver interviews from New Zealand because those guys just finished. I think it's, you know, that thing is is compressed. So I think they finished three races now. That's right. That's right. They did. And, uh, and so he's got some driver interviews. And of course, we're going to talk a little Formula One because there's been a little, a little activity going on. Mainly just uh, some chatter and people talking about different types of things. So we got some Formula One stories, and you know and, we can't miss out on uh, what actually was kind of a, a news interruption just now. Uh, just announced that Dan Gurney passed away today, just here within a couple hours. And yeah, if that you don't is, know that history. That is a phenomenal history, dating back. Uh, through the 60s, NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar, sports cars, all this is from pneumonia. It was 86, but uh, he's definitely got some connections to the likes of A.J. Foyt, Carroll Shelby, back when men were men. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a shame. He was 86 years old, so it's uh, an amazing career in F1, NASCAR, and IndyCar, and uh, that's fact, a shame. Uh, there's one feature that was named after Gurney. What's that? The Gurney Bubble. Oh, yeah. Because he was so tall in the uh, Shelby Daytonas, they actually bubbled the top above him to clear his helmet. Yeah. And uh, anytime you see a car with that, with the little bubble, bubble bumped up over the driver, uh, that's the name they apply to it. I wonder how tall he was. I don't remember. But Well, anyway, that is some sad news to hear about Dan Gurney. But um, we are... Uh, we're excited because in 2018, we got the second week back in the studio, and we're... Uh, we're going to get to do some real racing not too far down the road, a couple weeks at Daytona for the 24 hours. And uh, lots of teams getting prepped, and they went down to the Roar last weekend. We talked to some of the guys down there last weekend. And that's uh, obviously that's really, to me, I don't know about you, Les, it just feels like uh, that's the kickoff of the se- of the racing season. Absolutely it is. You know, that's one, and, you know, the one thing about it is it's not just for the United States. It's racing in general because we'll have – drivers from all over the world coming in for this and so that's what i like 
is seeing the everyone kick it off this weekend or uh, in two weekends together. Yep, and we are um, we're yep, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to have Christian Fittipaldi, Fittipaldi on here in about a half hour, but. Uh, but let's go ahead and go to Mr. Jonathan Green because he's going to get us all caught up with the Toyota Racing Series because he is live down in New Zealand. Welcome to tomorrow, oh, yeah. Jonathan. Oh, <laughs> I think right on cue we just lost a Skype connection. But, but yeah, John, Jonathan will be back with us here momentarily. And, so, uh, yeah, it, you know, that... And, you know, we've been talking about the Toyota Racing Series of New Zealand, and it is uh, dates back to the... Tasman Racing Series. It's got a lot of history to it, and it's where a lot of the racers from around the world converge off-season, if you will, from uh, the Northern Hemisphere. Yep, and of course, we've been following Cameron Doss, American down there, and obviously rooting for him and hoping that we can have some uh, representation on the podium down there for the Stars and Stripes. And uh, just because it's fun to watch, obviously, we're going to root for any American in that series, but it's also fun to watch these guys' career because... This is such a learning series. In fact, we have a lot of these interviews we're going to play tonight that have been done in the last, you know, 12 hours or so. And one theme that's really runs throughout this whole deal is, of course, every one of these guys wants to win. But what they know is the strong suit of the Toyota Racing Series is learning. They all go down there with the idea in mind that they are going to get a, a season's worth of racing in five weeks and learn about, you know, because this is open wheel and slicks and wings and downforce. And for some drivers, some of these drivers, especially the younger ones, it's the first time. Sure. And, you know, to relate, you know, you'll hear during some of the interviews, uh, they relate them, those that have been around the Formula 3 European series, uh, they relate them to that car. And so uh, it is a very quality car that they're in. And uh, this weekend they had uh, dry, damp, and wet conditions. And so they get it all uh, preparing as they go south next week. That is a good point because, as you'll hear from some of these drivers, they were talking about the experience they got. They, you know, not only do they get experience on slicks and wings, but they got experience in the wet with wet tires. But they also got experience with this type of car uh, in the wet on slicks, which is going to happen no matter. I mean, if you're going to race in in open wheel or, or you know in, in this level, you're going to end up on slicks in the rain, which is about as scary a prospect as you can get when you're when you're behind the wheel of a race car. It is, uh, you know, I mean, I, I can't imagine really driving competitive. We've, you know, I've played in some autocrossing when it's wet, and that's just fun, and you just wind up spinning and playing cone killer. But uh, but to actually be out on course and you know being competitive in that—that's a whole new level of uh, tension and, and stress in that. But that's what these guys are there for. They're these drivers are there gleaning every bit of experience they can, not only the car, the conditions, as you stated, and uh, the racing conditions as they change through the weather. Yeah, well, you know, while we wait to connect back with Jonathan, I know the producers and they're trying to get connected with the with Skype, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and and play one of these uh, one of these interviews because, uh, in fact, I think that probably the one I want to start with is they had they were down there. Obviously, they've done three races so far and the um and the and the teams and the drivers have all been uh learning still and trying to figure this all out but let's go ahead and start with um with Cameron Doss because he is the American and this is his this is his first experience in New Zealand so let's hear from Cameron Doss 
Okay, Speed City fans, we're keeping up with Cameron Das because we said we would, and he's had his first weekend now in Christchurch and, and got yourself uh, involved now in the Toyota Racing Series. Um, what have you come away with after three races? Certainly a lot of experience. I mean, through all the practice, we had uh, very wet conditions. We had in between. We had slicks on slicks on wet. So I, it's just been a plethora of experience all the way through the weekend. Um, I've learned this car a bit more. We had a few issues in the races, which kind of held us back a little bit. But in the third race, I, I saw a big improvement, and the lap time was good considering we're on used tires. So um, there's a lot to look forward to for the second round. You've driven a lot of different cars in your career. What, how does this compare to what you've driven before? This is actually very similar to the British F3 car I drove last year. In terms of aero, uh, in terms of power, it's all very similar, so I'm getting used to it fairly quickly. Um, it's just getting, kind of getting used to this tire is the, is the main challenge. You've got a couple of days off now. What, in your mind, will you be thinking about as you train and get ready for next weekend? Is there one part of this equation that you want to improve on, that you've just sat down with your engineer and you've gone through the tapes? What have you come away with? Yeah, I think it's just overall confidence. You know, I, I know this car now. Uh, I'm used to... Uh, how it reacts to certain conditions. So uh, basically, you know, from what I've heard, there's a lot of different conditions that can happen at the second round uh, down south. So it's just basically being prepared for whatever's thrown at me and just, you know, take it out as it is. On a personal level, how is it being in uh, New Zealand? Oh, it's amazing once the sun's out. Uh, it's a little brutal, actually, with the, the ozone layer being a bit thin. But, uh, yeah, the people are great. The country's great. Um, from what I hear, Queenstown is going to be very nice, which is where I'm headed to next. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Keep flying that American flag. Yes, I will. Give me one more favor. Uh, could you just say, hey, I'm Cameron Das, and you're listening to Speed City. Hi, I'm Cameron Das, and you're listening to Speed City. Okay. There you go. He we're going to have this forever. <laughs> he does. You know, he's been a lot of fun and, uh, you know, getting to know him better and better. But uh, he's just one of them. You know, certainly he's the American that we've been following as he comes out of the uh, F3, F4 group here in the U.S. headed that way. Yep. But I think we have Mr. Jonathan Green, who's down there in New Zealand for that Toyota Racing Series. Mr. Green, how are you? It's Monday for you. How's it going, buddy? I think he went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Alrighty. Uh, all right, guys. It looks like we're, we're, we're probably going to get him to try a different way to call in here in a few minutes. But let's go ahead and take our first break. It's about that time anyway, and we'll try to get Jonathan on after that. And, of course, we're going to have some more of these Toyota Racing Series driver interviews after the break. And, of course, at about 7.30, Christian Fittipaldi talking about driving in the IMSA Series down at Daytona for the 24 hours. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. 
to Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Mosing Motorcars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motorcars, 2420 West Breaker Lane. Online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motorcars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Thanks for making the right choice. I don't know where I would get the truth if it weren't for you. Talk 1370. Cameron Bobier, I ride for Monster Energy Graves Yamaha, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, while we're waiting on Jonathan down in New Zealand, uh, we are. I want to talk about something less of one of the one of the Formula One stories this week. Probably the one that got the most emotion around here in the United States. Oh, I know what sure. you're going to bring up. Was the Gunther Steiner story saying no American driver is ready for F1 now? So there's a lot to this story if you think about it. I, I uh, I'm just going to say what I said to you off the air before the show, yeah. and and then and then I look at what Mario Andretti says, and and maybe I'm completely wrong, but but Gunther Steiner said to, uh, he said that there's no American driver that's ready to go, right? That's ready to drop into Formula One. He said uh, not even. I mean, there's several drivers that he meant, but. Um, Oh, let me think. Probably the most obvious one was uh, Joseph Newgarden. And he said that he doesn't think that he could just take Joseph Newgarden and drop him right in. And I said to you, and I said, I agree with that, that I don't think that you can take uh, – I, I don't think you could take a, uh, a a driver outside of Formula 1 and just drop him in Formula 1. Not to say that Joseph Newgarden, given some training or some – you know, uh, the the path that Rossi took, for example – Maybe he would be just as good as anybody in Formula One, but I—that's I, what I said, and I'm—I still feel that You're way. Sticking but, to it, but uh, but Mario said, he said his quote on Twitter was short and sweet, and lots of exclamation points. He said arrogant and wrong, and so I—I I, I was hoping to get Jonathan's take on it, but I want to get your take on it for sure too, Les. Uh, I'm going to say he's probably not as wrong as we might think emotionally 
responding to it. Uh, sure, we cannot just grab a qualified driver and throw in to the F1 car, even though he's come through F3, F4, and expect him to perform. Yeah, it, it seems the, unrealistic. Sure, and that's because Gene Haas said, you know, he didn't want to just come into this and be a back-of-the-grid performer. And so I understand that he is, you know, could these guys, you know, the Connor Dalys, Alexander Rossi's, these others, they probably could be in the grid very yeah. likely, and some of them have. Well, I know that we got to grab Jonathan now because he's on the line, and we just got a little bit of time with him. So, Mr. Jonathan Green, calling in from New Zealand, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. I think I'm 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 going to work out the Gremlins on Skype and call you back, but uh, I'm good. Good. Well, well, I want to get first thing first. I want to get uh, your report on the Toyota Racing Series because I've been listening to all these interviews that you set up, and it's as usual. It sounds like a fantastic weekend, and and uh, the first what do we got? The first week of the series behind us now, right? That's right. Yeah, we're we're three races in. I don't know if you played any of those interviews yet, but um, yeah, it was a great weekend for local kid. In fact, uh, Marcus Armstrong, and even though he's a local kid from um, from Christchurch. He's now an international racing star because he's part of the Ferrari Academy. Um, and so he is following in Charles Leclerc and, you know, everybody else's, um, you know, mode, if you will. Um, he's one of two Ferrari Academy drivers. His teammate, Robert Schwartzman from Russia, is also here. Uh, and the returning um, guy to the championship, another teammate of both of theirs, is Richard Vashore, who you remember from last year. For sure. Very close to winning it last year. So, it, you know, it's it's... It's holding up nicely, but Marcus Armstrong has drawn first blood. Well, that's great. Yeah, Jonathan, we did play the American Cameron Doss. We played that interview, and we're definitely going to play the Marcus Armstrong here in a moment, too. But, uh, but yeah, in, in fact, um, I was listening to one of those. Who's the rookie that used to the won the, uh, the tin top, the 86 series that's now in the series? What's his name? Uh, Ryan Yardley. Yeah, I heard his interview. Ryan Yardley. That, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Ryan Yardley is um, was the 86 champion last year, which is the tin tops, and he's just stepped up this year. So it's really hard work because he's never driven one of these. Um, and, of course, he's up against some of the best guys in the world, so very hard indeed. But um, um, he's equipped himself well, and uh, his, uh, the guy who was second in the championship, Reed Harker, another Kiwi, is also in TRS this year. So we've got some good. We've got five Kiwis in all. So finally, the the Kiwis are, are, are mounting an attack back. Yeah. Well, so you had the first three races in the first location, right? Because it's not all in the same place. That's right. We've got five different locations, fifteen different races. So three race, uh, three races per race weekend. Uh, and each one of them's point scoring. So uh, we have two uh, fifteen lap races, then a feature race. Um, and it's always it's always good. I mean, um, you know, it really does put these guys through their paces. We have one race Saturday and two on Sunday. All right. And so, uh, what's where was the location this first weekend? I'm sorry, I missed it. And then, where are you going next week? Okay, we were in Christchurch this weekend. That's right. And that was where Marcus Armstrong's from. Uh, that is in the South Island, and of course, uh, probably more famous for its earthquakes, sadly. Um, but a beautiful town and uh, on the South Island in one of uh, New Zealand's major cities. Uh, good crowd, great sunshine. We had rain for the first few days. Um, but like I said, the local kid, Marcus Armstrong, stepped up and won the round. And next weekend, we're going even further south. We're going to Invercargill, which is on the southernmost point of New Zealand. And in fact, after Invercargill, it's Antarctica. So it's, it's a pretty <laughs> southern place. 
Uh, it always seems to rain there, too, but it's a great track, and they love their motorsport down there. And when you say next up is Antarctica, you don't mean in the series. You mean geographically. <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I know you just got a couple minutes, Jonathan. I know your schedule's tight down there, uh, taking care of all that. But uh, any other updates you want to give us? I mean, we're going to play these interviews after we hang up with you. Well, um, have a listen to Marcus because um, it is an interesting thing. He's he, like he and Robert. Well, he and Richard Bashaw are the two most experienced, so they're the favourites uh, for the series. And and why I say listen to them because even though their names you may not know right now, you certainly know Lance Stroll, and you certainly know yeah. um, uh, the likes of Lando Norris, who now, of course, is going to be at the Daytona Twenty Four with. Um, you know, with uh, Fernando Alonso, and it's part of the McLaren Formula One team. You know, in the past, Santino Ferrucci's been here, Ryan Tavita from the States, and this year, Cameron Das. And we've also got Juan Manuel Carrera, who's actually Ecuadorian but drives under a, a U.S. passport uh, or a U.S. Um, license. Uh, and I'll be talking to him uh, next weekend. So he's the next American up. Uh, and the other interview uh, you should have a look at is Calvin Ming. He's a young kid from the Caribbean, uh, from Guyana, uh, and he's a super kid, and he's just got here and got very little experience, but uh, he's equipped himself really well on the first weekend and got a fifth place uh, in one of the three races this weekend. Well, I'm glad you, yeah, we're going to play that one too. We've got Calvin Ming too, but I, I'm glad you brought up all the names. I mean, I know we talk about the Toyota Racing Series, but but really that's the key uh, is all these guys uh, they go down there, and, and and so many of them go on to bigger and better, including Formula One. And real quick, Jonathan, I know you got to go, but uh, the one thing I talked about while you were while we we're trying to get connected is that how these guys, every to a man, every one of them when they're being interviewed, yeah, they want to win. They want to. They want to. Yeah, you know, they're competitors. They want to win the championship. They want to win races. But they all talk about how much uh, experience and training that this that the Toyota Racing Series gives them, and, and that feels like that that's just as important to any one of them down there. Well, the key is, John, and Les, I mean, think about this. You know, when you do a race on a weekend, you do qualifying, you do a couple of practices, and what do you do, 100 kilometers? Um, whereas in this weekend, over five weeks, they're doing over 3,000 kilometers of high-speed qualifying lap racing. Um, and so... Basically, they're they're, they're doing a whole year's worth of racing in five weeks. So you can imagine if you were able to practice the violin for 14 hours a day or, you know what I'm saying, you would get so quick, so much better, so much quickly. Um, And that's what makes this such an exciting um, uh, series. So, um, yeah, these guys are, are serious. It's expensive, but these guys are the real deal. Well, that's awesome. I, I love that you're down there and can give us that face-to-face report from all those guys. And who knows? We're going to be watching all these names. Who knows who's going to be uh, moving up the ladders in whatever series after they leave the Toyota Racing Series. Well, Jonathan Green, thank you, sir. We miss you in the studio. And, of course, you know, we'll see you when you get back from New Zealand in, a, in I guess, in about a month. Yeah, and just so you know, I'm going to be putting out uh, interviews on SoundCloud and on our social media on um, um, on the Toyota site and on, of course, Speed City. I'll also be doing highlights of each of the races, and it's live stream. So if you want to tune in, you're That's very right. welcome. Um, and it's also on Motor Trend On Demand, the full races with my commentary. So you can watch Cameron Das and, and the boys doing their business. So, um, yeah, you've got full co- coverage to learn these new guys. Yeah, and I know we're going to get updates from you every week, so we will be talking to you, of course, in between when you get back. But that's great. That's awesome. Lots of ways to listen to it. I saw you've been putting up uh, interviews on our SoundCloud account all day today. So, 
All right, Jonathan, we'll let you go, buddy, and we will talk to you next week. Rock and roll, boys. All, All right. right, see ya. Travel league. All right, well, let's jump into some of these interviews because those are the – in fact, let's start with uh, with Marcus Armstrong because he wins round one. So let's hear Marcus Armstrong. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm here with the man of the moment, no question about it, from Christchurch uh, and leading the championship now after the first round, Marcus Armstrong. Um, congratulations. Um, first of all, Marcus, you had a great success last year, but this has got to be even sweeter. Oh, for sure. We're finished on a high. Uh, as uh, as last year, we won race one and then made a little bit of a mess of race three, so the emotions are almost completely different from this time last year. What about the championship ahead? We all know this is all about consistency. You had a good run last year. How do you feel now you've seen the competition and, and you've kind of got your feet wet? Uh, I know for a fact it's going to be a tough five weeks, especially between myself, Richards and Robbins. Um, you know, it's, it's always going to be tough, but with these two guys, I think... You know, this week we've been fairly evenly matched, so it's it's not going to be easy, but at the same time it's going to be beneficial for the future. You've just come off of a great season in Europe where you won the Italian Formula 4 and had a great run in ADAC as well. How much did you learn and how much more confidence have you got coming in now? Um, well, as I was saying earlier, it's it's I wouldn't say it's more confidence. I'm, in fact, in terms of driving, I, I don't think I'm just I'm, I don't think I'm completely different from this time last year. I think it's more the fact that we're sort of putting everything together um, a little bit better and um, you know doing the job just a wee bit smoother. So um, as I say, we can we need to improve more to um, to make the next five weeks smooth. I don't know if you've got time to reflect over this week, but it's pretty nice to have your name on a trophy that also includes Jack Brabham, Jim Clark, and so many other great names. Yeah, exactly. I saw two names there, Lance Stroll and Jayhan Daravala. So, um, yeah, it's cool, especially because my childhood coach in karting, uh, his name is on that trophy. And it's... uh, yeah, I think when I was 10 years old, I'd be screaming at the thought I would have won that trophy. But now uh, I'm just looking at the championship and being boring. So, um, yeah, but as I say, I'm very happy. Well done again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. All right. Well, that was Jonathan Green down in New Zealand. And I love all the excitement of the new up-and-coming generations. I know, man. I, I just, I mean, we've been doing that. It's funny. We... We didn't really set out to do Speed City that way, but considering our first guest was Alexander Rossi when he was about 17 or 18, something like that. His voice cracked a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and he drove a Silverado pickup. Yeah, he was about as as, uh, th- as big around as a pencil back then. He's not much bigger <laughs> now. But All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break because we're excited. Right after this break, we're going to have Christian Fittipaldi joining us from the Action Express Mustang Sampling Racing Team, and they're, and they're about to head down to Daytona for the Rolex 24. So stick with us after the break. Listen to Speed City live in Austin. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born. 
where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Hi, this is Elena Myers, number 21, Moto America Superbike Rider for Team 21 Motorsport and McGraw Power Sports Racing. You're listening to Speed City Radio. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. We were, we were you know, just... I realize Elena sounds like she's probably about 11 years old, but uh, don't let that small size you know, throw you. She can scream on those motorcycles. Anybody, anybody riding a motorcycle professionally is a badass. So <laughs> yeah. she, I don't care if she, if she sounds and looks like she's tiny, but she's, uh, she's awesome. But uh, She does it great. All right. Well, we're really excited because uh, we've had our next guest on the show before. But he's had some tremendous success in racing, and uh, and we're really excited. He's got a new role in his new position. We want to welcome back to Speed City, Christian Fittipaldi. Christian, welcome back to the show. How are you guys? Doing oh, well. Happy New Year, buddy. Well, thank you. The same to you. The same to you. Well, we're really excited to have you on the show. Uh, we're uh, we're obviously ready for the race season to start, and the Rolex 24 at Daytona is always one of those signals that says all right we can all get excited again about racing and i know you guys uh you guys you guys already had some great uh some great racing down there getting uh, at the roar testing getting those cadillacs revved up and and it appears that they're really fast yeah that definitely uh happened that was uh, about a little bit more than a week ago or uh yeah a little bit more than a week ago and um, the Cadillacs seem to be in very, very good shape. We're extremely excited. And um, on the 27th and 28th, we're going to try and do our very best to, to see what we can get out of this race. Uh, definitely the Rolex is um, one of the most important races of, uh, of the season, if not the most important race of the year. Then after that, we have the 12 hours of Sebring. So we're definitely really, really excited about these uh, first two races. And Cadillac is uh, sharp as ever. And um, hopefully we, we can, um, Cadillac can make it the, like uh, two years in a row. Competition this year is going to be really interesting. We have a lot of uh, different teams coming from uh, Europe. And um, we're going to have about 2022 prototypes over there. So it's, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. And we're going to have about, uh, I think, 55 total cars between all of the three classes. And um, as I mentioned before, we're, we're really looking forward to the race. 
You know, the uh, the prototype group is building up. I think that's probably the highest number I've seen in quite a while. Yeah, that's the highest number I've seen in quite a while. Also, I think um, the only time it beat that was, if I'm not mistaken, back in the mid-2000s. Um, there was one year when it was still uh, the Grand Am Series. We had, if I'm not mistaken, a total of uh, 34 cars. And when that happened, it was really, really cool. Uh, very exciting. Imagine having 34 prototypes uh, all together. And, and probably that year, we had a total of uh, 70 to 75 cars starting the race. Like, it was it was really, really crazy out there, especially in the evening. Well, I love to, to – one thing I like to do on during the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona is watch how people watch and listen to the race because you can do it throughout – because it's 24 hours. There's so many different ways to do it, whether you're listening to it on your phone because, you, you know, it's hard to stop your whole life and watch 24 hours of racing. But I love to see the pictures on Facebook and Twitter where people have got their computer set up with, like, multiple screens and they got the big screen TV in the background – and switching between all those as the coverage switches over. So I think everybody gets excited just like I do when the race season starts and uh, and sets up their, their rig to watch it that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, as you just mentioned, I think there are like a, a bunch of various different ways for you to watch the race. And uh, 24-hour race is, is uh, a long race. Obviously, everyone gets really excited at the start of the race because it's, it's one of the pinnacles of uh, like the whole event. So there's a bunch of eyes, uh, especially on, on, on the first hour of racing. And then after that, it, it sort of calms down a little bit. Like racing is still continuing, but you sort of get into a rhythm. Um, I wouldn't say it's as exciting as the beginning and the end of the race, but you need to go through it um, in order to get to the end of the race. And you're just taking care of your car. Uh, you're you're obviously running as fast as you can, but at the same time, you're just taking care of uh, your equipment out there, making sure that you don't have any mechanical problems and also making sure that you don't run into um any other car that's uh, running together with you. So uh, basically keeping your nose clean. And uh, if all of that happens, the chances of you going into the last uh, three, four hours of the race being in the top uh, three or four are definitely very, very high. And, and uh, that's when it uh, re- really counts. Like uh, when you go into those last four hours of the race, you, you made it through the night. You didn't have any problem, and if you position yourself very well through those final stages of the race, um, then you never know what can happen. It, it can look pretty, pretty interesting when you get to the checkered. Well, well, Christian, one of the things I wanted to ask is how many times have you raced the 24 hours here at Daytona? I know you've won twice, so there's no excuse for being late anywhere with the Rolex watch on your wrist. <laughs> on but, both uh, wrists. How many times? Um. I shouldn't tell you that because then I'm going to give you, uh, like, I'm going to give away my age. Right? <laughs> no, I, I probably, um, that's a good question. I, I, I forgot, but I, about. Now that's showing your age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, about, I would say between 12 and 15. 
probably 12 and 15 starts. I think closer to 12 starts. Yeah, I think around 12 starts. Um, I finished, if I'm not mistaken, six times on the podium, and I managed to win the race two times. Um, I don't think Hank Aaron did any better in baseball on that. But what I want to ask you is you've also won the 12 hours of Sebring. As a driver, how do those two races compare? I mean, we talk about the 24 hours at Daytona being nearly a 24-hour sprint nowadays with the reliability and technology that's in place. But you as a driver, how much, how different is it for you behind the wheel between those two races? Well, you pretty much hit uh, the nail on the head. Like, uh, you go to Daytona nowadays, it's, it's, it's like a 24-hour sprint. Um, all the teams out there in general, they're so well-prepared that uh, the mechanical phases that you get are are very small. And pretty much your only restriction is please don't hit any other car out there. And you're running wide open from the beginning until the end of the race. Uh, The fact that you have a lot of um, artificial lighting on the track, that definitely makes our life as a driver uh, a lot easier or less hard, let's put it this way. So you're 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 running like wide open. You're you're just going on the limit of the car from from the get go until the very end of the race, which is a little bit different to Sebring because Sebring is a track that's physically a lot more, um, I would say, uh, physically harder than, uh, for example, Daytona. It's very bumpy. You're you're pulling a lot of but like a lot more G's in, in, in some specific corners out there. And the lighting in Sebring is a lot worse than in Daytona. You you definitely need to rely um, on your car lighting a lot. Uh, there are There is some artificial lighting in some corners, but it's very little. And um, if you lose your lights um, in Sebring, depending where you are on the track, you, you're you like you're gonna sweat a little bit to make it back to the pits. Mm, that's funny. I didn't I hadn't thought about the difference in the lighting because obviously you when you're watching Daytona, you see a lot of ambient lighting, whether it's the, the Ferris wheel or any of the other lighting. There's there's plenty around there. But um, well, I have a question for you too, Christian. I know that this year that you're going to be, your role has changed a little bit with uh, Mustang Sampling and Action Express Racing. So tell us about about your change and, and how that affects what you're doing for the team. Well, it's a combination of uh, driving and and, uh, and uh, also being out of the car and trying to help out the team as much as I can. I think um, Christian has had a lot of success with uh, like Action Express and we've been together since... I started running with them in 2011, going to Daytona only, and then 2013 was my first full season with them. We won two IMSA championships, and we won four uh, North American uh, Endurance Championships. So I think it has been um, great, like for both of us. And um, now that I'm not doing all the races, I'm only doing the uh, North American uh, like endurance championship. I'm going to try and, and help them out, um, either being going to the track and, and, and looking at all the other cars compared to us and, and um, giving them my feedback, my opinion, 
um, or trying to uh, commercially link uh, current sponsors or new sponsors, uh, like making them work as close as possible uh, to the team. And um, basically, this is what I'm going to try to do, to try to help Action Express as much as I can outside of the track. And uh, the four races I'm going to do, which are Daytona, Sebring, Watkins Glen, and uh, Road Atlanta, yeah, right at the very end of the year. Uh, I'm still highly motivated, and uh, we're going to do our very best to see if we can win that fifth title. That's awesome. And, and you mentioned you guys have dominated the Tequila Patron North American Endurance Championship, and and, and uh, obviously that one is Rolex, Sebring, Glenn, and Petit Le Mans, and, and the team that wins the most points in those races wins that that championship within a championship. And and how important is that within that you know because it is it's not it's not the big championship but it is interesting because those are kind of the biggest races within the championship so it it seems to be that it would have a pretty significant you know it seems like it would be a big deal for you guys to win that. Well, I think um, when there's a championship at stake, all the cars out there want to do well. All the cars out there want to want to try and uh, like win it. There's no doubt about it. Um, specifically, the uh, like endurance championship, I think it it it's a little in, in some ways it's it's different, and you you can't say it's harder because um, you need to make sure that mechanically the car doesn't have any failures. Um, we're only dealing with the long distance races. All the other six races are what we call sprint races, um, usually two hours and 45 minutes. So they're a lot shorter than Daytona, which is 24. Sebring is 12. Uh, Watkins Glen is six hours. And uh, Road Atlanta is uh, 10 hours. So it's a, it, it, it's a complete different ball game, which um, obviously the drivers need to do uh, an outstanding job on the track. They can't afford to make any mistakes, but at the same time, you need to have a very strong uh, car underneath you to make sure that you don't have any mechanical failures. And uh, the team needs to uh, prepare an, an outstanding car for you because if, if the car is only going to last for one hour, it's really not going to do you any good. So uh, the whole package, more than ever, needs to be extremely important. Hey, speaking of the car, obviously this Cadillac DPI has done really well since it was introduced last year. Uh, so talk about, I want to get your thoughts on the car itself and then, of course, the changes for 2018. Yeah, like uh, Cadillac um, started working on it pretty early uh, in 2016, and they definitely got their homework done. Uh, we came out with the car sort of uh, three quarters through 2016, but obviously only started racing it in the uh, in the beginning of uh, 17. And Cadillac had a lot of success between the the two different teams that ran the car last year. We managed to win uh, seven races out of ten. So um, I don't see how it could have couldn't have gone like uh, any better. We we won both championships, and Cadillac is, is was extremely happy, and and I'm extremely 
uh, also happy and proud to be together with uh, those guys that, that definitely gave me a machinery that I can I can be competitive and and I can fight for wins uh, every time that I go on track. Now, didn't I? I'm, I'm not looking at this right now, but I think I read where the Cadillac. Obviously, last year uh, it was running. A, I think it was a six liter or six point two liter naturally aspirated V8. And but didn't they make it a little smaller this year? Yeah, it's a slightly smaller engine uh, that we're going this way, uh, like this year. It's um, sort of a uh, a brother of what we had in uh, the the previous cars that we ran, which were uh, the uh, Grand Am uh, Corvettes. So, uh, like, they're all in the family with with some changes, and uh, we were running those engines uh, about a week ago uh, at the Roar, and we were extremely happy with what we had. We definitely had very, very little failures, which was very important for us, especially going into the first race of the year, which is such a long race. And uh, not to tell you, like, how much Cadillac has done outside of the car, like all, all the work and effort that they have put into this program and to this uh, new engine outside of the car. And, um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're, they're going to get uh, the results back of it because there has been a lot of, um, uh, like, uh, a lot of hard work behind it, and uh, I'm pretty sure that Cadillac is, uh, as we are, is, is uh, looking forward to the to the start of the season in, in about two weeks' time. So I got to ask, you know, they always uh, got to play with some of the regulations and things, uh, and and I'll say with the success that we've seen from Cadillac in recent years and the different racing series, I always feel like they're looking at Cadillac specifically as they make make those changes. Uh, do you feel a little picked on being in a Cadillac and haven't been performing so well? Well, uh, you need to sell, uh, set, sorry, sell. You, you <laughs> sell on Monday. Set, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you need to set specific um, goalposts, which you need to go after. And, and I think because of the success that Cadillac has had, especially throughout the 2017 season, um, they were the team to beat. And uh, we set a standard. And, um, like, fortunately for us, no one made it better throughout the whole year. So IMSA, um, in a certain way, yeah, you can say that they were picking a little bit on us, but um, I guess that we, at the same time, we can also say that we were setting the performance example out there, and um, I guess we were competitive enough that um, uh, no one really uh, could match uh, our performance. But like now, having said that. We're going into a brand new season, which, uh, like the championship, is extremely difficult and uh, very, very hard. But these things can change. And, and the only thing I can say is no matter which um, goalpost that um, IMSA gives you, 
Cadillac just uh, goes out there and, and tries to do their job the best way as possible. I, I, I think if we do our job the best way as possible, uh, we believe in what we have, and uh, hopefully it's going to be enough to uh, beat the competition out there. Well, Christian Fittipaldi, I've got, uh, I'm excited for you guys and uh, wish you the best of luck, but I have one last question before we run out of time, and it's something we like to ask every race driver. Uh, and, and I love the answers. The, the younger race drivers tend to have the crazier, more fun answer to this, but a, a seasoned guy like you, no telling what, what do you drive every day? Not on the racetrack, what do you drive for fun every day? Uh, Cadillac XT5. Oh, there we go. The, the corporate answer. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, like you can go downstairs to the garage and you're going to see <laughs> my car parked. It, it's like a Cadillac XT5. I'm not being corporate. I'm not being political. Uh, I love the car. Uh, I drove all the way from Miami to Mossport with it last year, and like I had a blast. Like it, it, it was really comfortable, and at the same time, it had the performance. And I have to admit that I think that the most boring part of the trip was was getting out of the state of Florida, which is incredibly huge, like the state of Florida. But once I started going into the mountains then um, it was really fun uh, going over there. Well, I don't blame you. Cadillac, they've got, a, some, they've got a whole a new a plethora of drivetrains now, a bunch of them turbocharged, sixes, and, and of course, the, the V-Series. They make a bunch of awesome performance cars. So, Christian, uh, just well, to let you know, <laughs> he has been shopping for one already, just, <laughs> just to put it out there, honestly. <laughs> uh, well, then, like, in that case, uh, we need to get together with Mr. Cadillac to see what he can do. There we go. Now we're talking. The corporate discount. Now we're talking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, Christian Fittipaldi, thank you so much for coming back on Speed City. And, of course, best of luck when you guys hit Daytona and uh, for the entire season. And we'll grab you and get you on the show again. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And hopefully we can talk soon with uh, some great um, <laughs> racing news from Daytona. Exactly. That's right. All right. Well, thank good you, luck sir. And travel safe, buddy. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. So he's going to get me a CTSV at uh, at employee discount minus twenty percent. Is that? I, I, do? I, I don't know what those guys get, but uh, I don't know. They might take your lap times into consideration, so that kind of nulls it. <laughs> back to retail. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about. We're going to grab some Formula One stories and some more. And 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 there's a rumor that Jonathan Green may be back on the line too. So uh, we'll we'll see if we can get him. Listen to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back after these brief messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. 
Ambi Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambi Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambi Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Bozing Motor Cars is Central Texas's source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Bozing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491. Or browse the garage online at MosingMotorCars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, I'm Will Hardiman, driver of number 19 WPD More Speed Porsche 991 Cup Car, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. Mr. Jonathan Green, we're going to give you one last try on Skype. Can you hear us? Can Third we hear time you? at the plate. <laughs> hello? Hello? This is the London BBC calling. Can you hear me? <laughs> we got you, buddy. <laughs> we, we can hear you. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good. Hey, man, I want to ask you something. Um, we've, we played a bunch of the Toyota Racing Series, and I know you're down there, and, and, and you can talk some more about it if you want, but I, I want to ask you something that Les and I were talking about. Oh, yeah, we've only got about three or four minutes left, and that is the Gunther Steiner story where he came out and said that there's not an American ready to go into Formula One, and they're not – and he said – the other thing he said is that it's not really on the top of their list right now, and I think he said because there's not a Formula, an American Formula One driver ready to go, my take was that – I think he's right. I don't think there's anybody ready that they can just drop in that could start on Sunday. And but then Mario Andretti called him wrong and arrogant. <laughs> I, I want to as somebody who's been in motorsport their entire life. What is your take, buddy? You know, I, <laughs> I, I who would I be to disagree with royalty <laughs> in Mario Andretti? But um, no, I, I actually agree with Mario on one hand, which is. Frankly, and the Toyota Racing Series shows me this every year, um, you know, any of these kids from, I, I think you need to be 18. Max Verstappen was a, an exception to the rule with how quickly he learned. And you can see with the development of Lance Stroll, who was our previous winner a couple of years ago, it takes a year. He had an up and down year and he did make some rookie errors. But here's a guy with investment behind him who's won every series he's ever been in, and it's going to take him a year and a half. Most Formula One teams, and Haas included, don't have the time to train somebody. So I think that's what Gunter meant. And he has a youngster in Santino Ferrucci yeah. who would have struggled if you'd have just thrown him in there. That said, 
Uh, Mario's right, because unless you throw somebody in there, unless you give Pierre Gasly a chance, Brendan Hartley, good example. He hasn't been a Formula One driver, and I think we'll see him rise to the top. I don't think he's going to win races this year. Um, but what I'm saying is I think even inexperienced drivers, if they equip themselves well, there's really, I've learned over the years, there's really not a lot of difference once you get up to Toyota Racing Series level or Formula 3 level between uh, that and a Formula One car. Yes, there's engineers. Yes, there's data. There's a lot of experience and there's a lot of mental preparation to deal with because you're dealing with so many parameters and there's a lot more pressure. But if you're like Verstappen, you can handle that pressure. No problem. He's right. Uh, in Mario's right. I think Gunter was just trying to keep the, uh, I guess, keep the uh, the praying media from the States pushing too hard for an American because he was right in one sense, which there wasn't anybody who'd had the experience and was ready to go straight in and be as good as Grosjean. Well, that's that's very true. And, I, you know, I know that if there was an American driver in Formula One with what's going on with Liberty and the changes and everything, it, they would explode from a media standpoint. I think American social media and I think it could grow the sport. But, uh, Jonathan, unfortunately, we are out of time, buddy. I know that you you, uh, you had a bunch of stuff to do and you had some technical difficulties. And uh, we love getting you on the show, but we're out of time, my friend. I wish we could talk some more. But, uh, of course, we'll have you on next week down from New Zealand. And, of course, you'll give us all the updates. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And uh, we're putting up lots of stuff on our SoundCloud account. And, uh, and, of course, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We put out lots of content there. And we'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.